Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. This is the third week in the series. The first week, a fortnight ago, Josh gave this great sermon and he pointed out that everything has a starting point, including your faith story. So faith has a starting point. It has to start somewhere. You point out that as children, we may have come to Sunday school, done the right things, but we never really made the journey properly and it didn't last until adulthood. Some people's faith journey starts when they're little tackers and some little kids are amazing in the faith that they display. But others, it comes later. He also noted that the early Christians didn't use the Bible as their starting point. That same message comes right through. Remember, they didn't have the Bible. Those first Christians gained their faith because they either saw Jesus face to face or they saw people, new people, who had seen Jesus, seen his healing power, seen how he lived knowing eventually that he was the long-awaited Messiah in Jewish community. So the question that Josh left us with was, who is Jesus? There we go. So dealing with that question, as Josh pointed out, is the start of a faith Jesus. Until he worked out who that person is, you don't get very far. Now last week, Pastor Jason came breezing down from Queensland and gave us this fantastic sermon on a very uncomfortable subject. In fact, he said, Josh wasn't going to do it. Good bit of handballing there. And his subject was sin. As he pointed out, we don't like to use that word particularly in relation to ourselves. We are people and we tend to use the word mistake. And being people, we often make a, or deliberate mistakes. If you like fancy words, that's an oxymoron. You can't have a deliberate, I intend to do this, and a mistake. Whoops, it happened. The words are opposites. But he did leave us with good news. So what Jason finished up with was Jesus' purpose in talking about sin was restoration, not condemnation. So, here am I following those two magnificent sermons. The third part of the series is based on a set of guidelines that are going all the way through the eight parts of the starting point series. So where we get to week three, we find that the subject is trust. So the sermon theme I've picked is trust is the basis of faith. If you don't trust, how can you have faith 
That's why I started with that talk about the little boy who was going to jump from there and there, but not there. So as an outstanding example of faith way back in the faith journey, the story of God as people know it, that came through the Jewish tradition. It's this man called Abraham. His original name was Abram, so don't get confused if the Bible reading and I are swapping the names over. Abram, Abraham, same fellow. Now he trusted that God would do as God had promised, make him the ancestor of countless people. Next week Josh will be dealing further with Abraham, but I'll be bringing him in today. And as an interesting point that the three main traditions, three major religions in the world have all come from way back to the time of Abraham and before. They all claim that sin, the word that Jason dealt with last week, came from Adam and Eve. You know the story? Again, handballing. God said, how do you know? You're naked. Oh, hang on. Hiding their hands in decorative ways. Um, you didn't eat from that tree, did you? Oh, she told me. And she said, snake told me. It didn't matter. They had done what they were told not to do. Sin. So these three religions all go back to Adam and Eve and then down to Abraham. And sin has been with us ever since that time. Before Abraham, Adam and Eve. So if we go back to the world that God created, <clears throat> somehow it all went a bit wrong once he created us, people. I don't know whether God ever thought, yeah, I made a bit of a blue there. Anyway, God sees what a mess we people have got, had got ourselves into. So he had two alternatives. Leave those people in a mess and just forget about them. Let them sort out their own mess because... I'll sit back and watch, or get involved. And where did God's involvement start? God used Abraham as the starting point. Now Abraham was a nomad. His people followed the feed around as and when it occurred. When the tucker was bitter over there, they'd go over there, take their flocks, take their tents and move. They had to move in smallish numbers, of course. You can't have a grazing pattern in a semi-arid area and expect to settle down. It doesn't work. So Abraham's father, if you read just ahead of today's passages, he'd gone from what's now the northernmost part of Syria down to the Persian Gulf, back to where they started up the top end of Syria, modern-day Syria. So they were always on the move, always travelling, never settling. So by the time we get to Abraham's story as far as religion goes, here's this old fellow with an old wife. That's it, no kids. God stepped in, and our Bible reading starts with Genesis 12, 1. The Lord said, had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. 
I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So here are three promises that would have really rattled Abram, Abraham. One, it's up the top there. I'll make you into a great nation. Now here's this nomad. He's not used to towns or cities to live in, let alone a nation. They were tribal people. How on earth could they be nationalistic? Here's this mind-blowing concept blasting out. God says, okay. Next one. And I will bless you, I will make your name great. Now there are lots of people in the ancient world. Abram would have been well aware of them. You know, King so-and-so there and then they killed that lot and that lot killed that lot and they're over there and they're the enemies and that lot over there, well, they might be okay. They thought of tribes, families, not nations. And why would Abram's name would ever be famous at all, let alone through the world? Doesn't make sense. Third promise. All peoples on earth will be blessed from you, through you. We don't know what sort of world knowledge Abraham had, but you can imagine it'd be pretty tiny, pretty restricted. You would never have thought that his anything could be a blessing beyond the few people with whom he was familiar, let alone every one. Just didn't, none of those would have made sense to Abraham. Now, as mentioned before, <clears throat> Abraham and Sarah were childless, no chance of ever having children. I mean, if you read the ages, they're mind-blowing that they'd even, even think of having kids. So Abram was resigned to the fact that when he died, his estate would go to some fellow who lived in Damascus, which wasn't that far away from where they lived at the time. So obviously there's some link to this man, Ephraim. But God had other plans. Here comes another radical statement as far as Abraham was concerned from Genesis 15. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. If the other things that God put to Abram were mind-blowing, this was even more so. Not only his having offspring, but countless. A starting point in what we have as our religion and our faith basis comes from that. A starting point, a nation that will be favoured by God and that Abraham will be leading. So the final little passage from scripture tells us how Abram responded to God's promises. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. All these mind-blowing things that God says will happen and Abram believed them.
He trusted God, otherwise he wouldn't have believed him. So let's look at a dictionary definition of trust. Confidence in some quality or attribute of a person or thing or the truth of a statement. Now here's Abraham, we don't know what religion he had. We don't know how many gods he had, how many idols he worshipped. But all of a sudden, the one true God comes through to him and Abram believed. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. So here we go. He credited to him because he had faith in this God. He trusted this God. So as I said earlier, I'm saying that trust is the basis of faith. So as mentioned before, Abram is regarded as the, lead, the foundation father of the three great religions, the ones who believe in one God only. Judaism, which goes way back into Old Testament times, way back to Genesis, whenever that was. Christianity, who brought God to earth in the form of Jesus, just over 2,000 years ago, and Islam, which was heavily influenced by Judaism when it came into being by the prophet in about 610 AD. Three great religions all go back to this one person, Abraham. As so the Jews would eventually embrace a posture that says, by being in Abraham's lineage, we're guaranteed a relationship with God. All we have to do is say, Abraham was one of us, that's beauty, we're done, all settled. We're right with God. Muslims, who came much later, they created a system whereby you could earn your way to heaven through paradise, belief in God and God's messengers, and by doing good deeds. And that too is very neat, isn't it? believe and do. Christians, where do we fit in? By lineage? Nope. By earning our way? Nope. But there's been a difference of opinion since Christianity started just how we do this business of relating to God. So I'll leave that one to think about. So the whole thing we're talking about in this series is starting point. So we start to wonder, what is this Christianity all about as a belief? Has religion, Jewish religion, Christian religion, Muslim religion, and all the others that you can't count on three hands, let alone whatever. Has all this business made religion more complicated? Or is complication the way that God wants it? Pretty awful questions. But what if the basis, the starting point of relationship is Trust, hence the emphasis today on trust. What if a single expression of trust was enough? 
It sounds too easy, sounds too cheap, sounds free. And what else can, can we ever come across that would meet those criteria? Easy, cheap, free. So what is this God of ours? Why should such a mighty God have apparently low standards? I'll take anyone. Three rather intriguing things to think about. So if you are still starting or about to start or restarting your faith journey, you've got to wrestle with three grounds. On what grounds, if any, will God find me acceptable? So you could look at a few ways of uh, coming across this, what to reflect your view. God accepts me based on my birth. God accepts me because, because of my behaviour. God accepts me based on my belief. God accepts me based on some combination of the above or whatever. Does God accept me because of my birth, my behaviour, my belief, or some combination? Now for mature questions, that's questions being resolved. We've got that sorted out where we sit, what makes sense. But for someone coming in from the cold or from a very fuzzy background, they've got to think this through. Any of the four or some combination may seem the way things are. So as the series starting point goes through, Josh will pick that up next week and so will the other speakers beyond that because we still have to answer that question if we don't know the answer already. On what grounds, if any, will God find me acceptable? That's the question. If you're not there yet, you've got to find out be quite sure of yourself on what basis, what grounds, if any, will God accept me. You can drop the if any bit later on. So in the meantime, if you're in that situation, <clears throat> then prayer is the way to get onto it and getting in touch with people who know what they're talking about in terms of relationship with Christ. But sooner or later, we all have to, or have already done, made that jump of faith. Knowing that if we jump, <clears throat> that God is always there and will always catch us. And that's what's great. Amen. And a prayer. Heavenly Father, we know that even if we have made that jump of faith, may it be many years ago, we can still wander away. And we need to come back without necessarily making the jump, but getting back to you, back to a close relationship with you. Also, Lord, may we know that although some people may not be trustworthy, you will always be. And if we're looking for a new starting point or renewing where we are at the minute, that Jesus is always there, the Spirit is always with us. And for these certainties, Lord, we thank you. Amen.
Our final song together in song number 6093 reminds us that it doesn't matter who we are, where we are on our faith journey, God will always accept us. So he says, come as you are, that's how I want you. Come as you are, feel quite at home. God takes us as we are, who we are, where we are. And that's good news. Amen. Thanks, Gavin. Well, thanks once again for joining us. If this service has been a blessing to you, why not share it with someone you know, or better yet, post it on your social feed because you never know how God might use what you share to bless someone you didn't even know needed it. Special thank you if you contribute towards making this ministry possible. We are so grateful. If you'd like to help Head to gawleyuniting.org.au and follow the links to begin giving. God bless you and we'll see you next time.